What do eight bags of concrete mix, a cooler full of 30-pound sea bass, and a 10-inch compound miter saw have in common? They're all things that are easier to load in and out of the bed of the new F-150. Thanks to its new available pro-access tailgate, that's also a swing gate. The new 2024 Ford F-150, tough this smart, can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024, pro-access tailgate available starting spring 2024, cargo and load capacity limited by weight and weight distribution. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. By the way, Patrick Mahomes and his fiance expecting, and of course, Twitter has to do its thing. The baby, uh, that's, that's I don't just even wrong. get that. All right, uh, yeah, okay. The whole point is, who's your daddy? That's the that's the idea. That's, that's the, like that's I'm your daddy. Slap. You know, yeah. you know it. You get it. I'm your daddy. Okay. Everybody understands. <laughs> I don't know what that was. <laughs> Scary is what it and was. And I'm not even going to try to figure it out. Don't you, whoever did gonna... that, that was probably EJ again. Don't you disrespect my little Aaron Rodgers and put hair on him like that. How dare you? You can make fun of me, but you don't do that to Aaron Rodgers. We're just going to move <laughs> along. It's a Thursday edition of Pro Football Talk Live. Let's show Streaming it one more time. On. Let's show it one more time. Let's, Let me see that picture one more on. time. That was really good. I really like that. I mean... Uh, no, there Let's it is. Oh, whoa. Okay. Yep, there it is. <laughs> What's that? that? There no, go. look at that. Not that picture. Oh, oh there it is. Look at that face you're making on the bottom there. What is that face you're doing there? What? Where did they get that picture? That's why I wanted to go back to this. I think that's from years ago when we would talk about the old Calvin and Hobbes comic strip, how he would always make a face. And at one point, his mom said, if you make that face, your your face may freeze like that and he thought that was awesome <laughs> like it wasn't a, it wasn't something that was going to deter him making funny faces and i think my wife used to get mad at me for making that face i'd do it on the show from time to time back when we had the afternoon show i haven't done it in a while and i'm never going to do it again really because okay. then that becomes the that becomes the new picture that is the default whenever they want to you know make me look like even more of an idiot than I make myself look like every single day. Anyway, as I was saying, streaming live on Peacock, Sirius XM 211, if you're listening in your car or wherever else you may be listening, Sky Sports at 7 o'clock local time in the UK and in Ireland, 9 o'clock a.m. re-air on NBCSN. And to anyone out there who is listening to the show via podcast, hello and welcome in. We've got plenty to discuss on this first day of October, and as our Greeks friends would say, Kalomina. That means have a good month, and this month especially. This month, next month, the month after, the pretty much every month indefinitely, we need a good month. So here's to a good October, and let's get rolling. News from the Steelers-Titans game, postponed until Monday or Tuesday. There was a report from Paul Kuharski, who covers the Titans yesterday, that the CBS crew has been told to plan on Monday. Andrew Marchand of the New York Post reported last night that the game will be nationally televised by CBS. And if it's Monday, it's 5 o'clock Eastern, which sets up a wow. de facto Monday night doubleheader, okay. which is good because I thought it was going to be, you know, Chris, in the past when there'd be a World Series situation that would bump a game to a Monday night, both would be played at the same time, but the game that got bumped would be just in the local markets. Uh, and so you wouldn't get to see both games Maybe they'd put it on direct TV, something like that. But no, no, they, they're setting up a week one style Monday night doubleheader. 
that starts a hell of a lot earlier, so you don't have to stay up till after one o'clock. So there's a small silver lining Definitely. in this COVID nineteen outbreak that, that that looks like it's going to bump the game to Monday or Tuesday. Yeah, I mean that, it's awesome. It really is. Well, well, first thing is, Mike. I mean, I hope it's Monday. I, I don't know how you can realistically ask a team like if they're going to play Tuesday, then they need to move next week's Tennessee Titans and Pittsburgh's game to that the next Monday too, and reorganize that. That's not fair either to play Tuesday and then ask them, hey, come back Sunday. And certainly not fair to the Pittsburgh Steelers, who have done nothing wrong here. Uh, Mike, I don't know. I, I don't know how you feel. I'm still a little bit of like, I think they should play Sunday, you know, as long as everything's safe. I hope they're not doing this just to give the Titans an extra day of preparation. I, I don't, because I don't think that's fair. I really don't. Again, I, I just the way it is. I know this is, it's not a fair year for anybody. And I get that. But uh, I guess it just bothers me a little that way. Regardless, it's good that we're going to have a game Monday, but I don't know. You th you feel the same way as I do, or are you okay well, with this Monday move and all this? Uh, look, it's two separate issues. Moving to Monday gives the Titans a chance to at least have maybe a practice Saturday, a walkthrough Sunday, to get their act together, to get their game plan from paper to practice. Yeah, That's one thing. Moving the game to Tuesday night, Chris, and I want to focus on this a little bit. Yeah. What it does is it puts the Titans and the Steelers in position where they have to turn around and play five days later. Right. Which is fine if you're playing a team that also has only five days to get ready, like on a Thursday night. You never see a team play on a short week from a Sunday to Thursday against a team that also isn't in that same boat. Right. You don't have a team coming off of a bye week, for example, playing on a Thursday night. So it's equal hardship to get ready in a compressed time frame. What would happen is... The Bills and the Titans play week five. The Bills have the full week to get ready. The Titans have five days in between games. Steelers and Browns play. Browns have the whole week to get ready. The Steelers have five days in between. And like you said, Steelers have done nothing wrong here. So on one hand, we have to accept an assortment of competitive disadvantages this year right. if and when there are outbreaks. On the other hand, there's got to be a way to manage it. And I agree with you. If they would move Steelers-Titans to Tuesday night, then there should be three Monday night games the following right. Monday. Bills-Titans, Steelers-Browns, plus the game that's scheduled, which I believe is Chargers-Saints, in that Monday night window. And, and I don't know that they're going to get that exotic, but here's the thing. This is the one year where you can flex games from Sunday to Monday to Tuesday to Saturday to whenever – because you don't have to worry, for the most part. Now, in some of these cities, you do have to worry about the hardship on fans because they're letting fans attend. But for the most part, that's not a factor. And you can, you, can, you can move the games on the chessboard however you want to accommodate fairness. Or you just accept the fact that pro football life in a pandemic ain't fair. And you just have to deal with whatever you have to deal with, Chris. Well, yeah, I, I guess that, that is the question, right? But wh where is that line drawn? You know, to me, it's like I, I would like the NFL to stay along the guidelines and keep everybody to have the incentive of going, no, if you were on your P's and Q's and act appropriately when you're away from football, you know, this is the incentive. And right now we're 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 letting one team kind of off the hook is what I'm saying. That's why I, that's I guess that's where I don't like it. As long as we you know like okay the testing we've gone through everybody's good all of that. I understand if there were still players that were coming up positive and then we have to move the day. But we haven't heard anything here. You know we're about 48 hours past. I think we've had you know we've had tests done and all of that. Yep. Yep. I I just don't like what what. I'm not. I'm not giving you a technical. I'm. I'm calling a quick timeout yeah, here. There's what? an incubation period that we need to be concerned about right. because you don't show up positive within 24 to 48 hours. It can be a three or a four day thing. Yeah. Okay. So there's still a chance that you know they send the test samples out for a 24 hour turnaround. So Wednesday testing of the Titans players and personnel could result in positives today because the samples collected Wednesday. Yeah. may show that guys are positive based upon exposure that happened on Sunday. See, that that we're not out of the woods yet. Yeah, and, okay, and that's right. This, mon this Monday-Tuesday possibility isn't aimed, I believe, at buying. And maybe it is buying time to, to just see where the dust settles on all of this because there is a chance there's going to be more positives, and we, we don't know for sure 
when the Titans can reopen their facility until everyone who potentially has been exposed has had a chance to shed virus. That's yeah, the key. Okay. Yeah. But I think that's one of the reasons why they, they shut the doors until Saturday. Okay. We want to have a full opportunity for anyone who's ever going to be positive to be positive, and then we know who stays out and who stays in. Now, depending upon how many are positive, the Titans could be shorthanded, which is a different hardship yeah. than than the, the Titans having to shut their facility all week and not being able to practice, Chris. Before we address, though, this question of whether or not it's fair or unfair to give a dispensation to the Titans, let's hear from the two head coaches involved. Yeah. They addressed it on Wednesday, Mike Vrabel of the Titans and Mike Tomlin of the Steelers. Here they are. You know, I know there's going to be a lot of questions about the game and about who's to blame and where it started. Um, nobody's to blame. You know, it's, we're in a pandemic. Unfortunately, things happen. John and I feel comfortable that since receiving the protocols in August, we followed those um, by the letter and that we were conscious of everything that we did. This is a very unfortunate situation, but one that we're um, confident that we will be able to handle uh, safely with, with the football team and the players' um, best interest in mind. No mental issues for us. Um, regardless of all the variables that you mentioned, it was a Wednesday for us. We had a base preparation day regardless of those circumstances. And so we've tried to uh, stay focused on that. And to be honest with you, this COVID environment with closed locker rooms and so forth has really provided us an opportunity to do that probably easier than normal circumstances. You know, interesting point by Tomlin that that having everything really stripped down and focused and and limited movement, limited exposure, yeah. he's got the full attention of his players at right. all times. Whatever message he wants to send, it's getting through. They went forward with their basic installation day, the major Wednesday practice when you get ready for your opponent. But back to Vrabel. He says no one's to blame here. Well, I mean, some would say China's to blame from the get-go, not me. I'm just saying some, there's blame somewhere. Yeah. It's not just, hey, it happens. Somewhere there's blame when the virus makes its way into your facility. Either there's blame on the quality of the protocols put in place to keep the virus out, right. or which there's blame on the individuals doubt. involved yeah. who brought the virus in. That, some right. way, somehow, someone's to blame for something that the NFL has taken such great pains to keep out of the 32 facilities. Someone did something they shouldn't have done somewhere, somehow, to allow this virus to get in. Whether someone, a coach or a player, went somewhere they shouldn't have gone, or a family member went somewhere they shouldn't have gone, weren't appropriately careful in the use of personal protective equipment, whatever the case may be. But somebody at some point allowed themselves into a position where they caught the virus, and one thing led to another— and they have an outbreak in Tennessee. So someone is to blame here. There was a failure somewhere of what the NFL has set up. So it was poorly designed or poorly executed, but someone's to blame. Well, yeah, obviously. There's no doubt about it. And, and that's where, you know, you, you get into the blame game. Like, listen, listen I don't I, – I believe Mike Vrabel and and uh, the GM, you know, they're, 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 they're like caring – good people want to do it the right way. I don't really doubt that any teams aren't doing anything right in the protocols and the things that are put in place. It's not about that. It's about what your guys, what we've talked about from the beginning, who, what guys can you trust that are doing the right things off the field? And, you know, how would you feel about this if, you know, you're the Pittsburgh Steelers and all of a sudden a video comes out next week or whatever, and you see that there was like some Titans players at some gathering like the Raiders, and that's what maybe started this or whatever it is like you know that 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 to me is again where like you said a little while ago this is a year of not fair no it's not fair you're right but the greatest incentive still is to stay healthy stay out of harm's way do the right things off the field so we can have football because it's so much bigger than just it's it's us it's a lot of people that are involved in this as far as we need football to happen because it, you know, is pays us and does all these type of things to support our lives and everybody else that's involved in this. So this is a big thing. But I just get back to it and go, you know, again, yeah, not fair. But why are we going to make it not fair for the teams that are doing it the right way? Sorry. I, you know, and again, it's not like I want to blame anybody. I understand what Mike Vrabel's saying. It's a sensitive time. I'm not like looking here going like, oh, you got idiots on your team. Yeah, maybe you just got unlucky. But sorry, you got unlucky. And you don't make it unfair for everybody else just because one team was wrong or did wrong 
or there is some blame to p uh, pass and then make it unfair for other teams because that team has a mistake or a hiccup. Uh, that's just my feeling on that. And let's remember the Titans' first-round draft pick got cited for trespass that's what because I'm, he was yes. at a Tennessee State University party he shouldn't have been at that would have exposed him potentially right. to COVID-19. And then when he was on the COVID-19 reserve list, he got a DUI, which means he was out and about doing things when he was you know, supposed to be in some degree of quarantine. So, you know, there are guys out there, as we're going to discuss in a minute or two, that are doing stupid things, even if they would look you straight in the eye and say, sorry, what I did wasn't really all that stupid. It just was a little stupid, but we'll get to that in a second. Stupid. I'm just having fun with Chris, not the audience. I'm looking into the camera at Chris, not the audience, when I say stupid. I'm stupid. <laughs> all right, let's move on to the next topic here. And this is a memo that came out yesterday morning from the National Football League as it relates to the wearing of face coverings by coaches and sideline personnel during games. And quick summary. Yeah. Week one, there were some failures by coaches and sideline personnel to properly wear face coverings. So the NFL huffed and puffed. And based on week two, blew down the houses financially of five coaches and their teams to the tune of $1.75 in total fines for blatantly failing to wear the face coverings. Not just, well, it wasn't covering your nose or you pulled it down too many times. It was just blatant, screw right. you, we're, we're just going right. to leave. We're right. just going to leave it here, but we're not going to use it. Week three, going into week three, the hope was everything would be fine. Coming out of week three, the initial reaction, the report card from the league was fine. Nobody got fined. But then they send out this memo that huffs and puffs again and says, look, we've seen improvement, but there's still guys on the sideline who aren't complying. So we need to see compliance. And oh, by the way, if we don't, suspensions and forfeiture of draft picks are on the table. And Chris, it's this weird pendulum for the NFL. It's hit them hard one week. But then back off the next week because I think they don't want it to be a big national story. Right. But then threaten to hit him again if they don't do a better job. And then maybe they will hit him again. And then back off because they don't want it to be a national story. I mean, I've seen this with the NFL in a variety of things where they don't want certain topics to overcome the game. Yeah. We want to talk about the game. Don't right. talk about these other things. Going into week three, we're not talking about the masks anymore. Right. We're talking about the game. Well, now we're worried about the masks again. And I think this is going to be a continuous theme. I don't know that the threat of suspensions or draft picks will make much of a difference. I think just like with the fines, to get full compliance at all times with the face coverings, they are going to have to suspend somebody or take away a draft pick. And then after that, I think that's when teams finally get the message that you can't have these shots at the sidelines where you can see that there are some folks who aren't fully complying with the face covering requirement. It's not blatant, but they're not fully complying. I think we don't get to that point where we see full compliance until they do suspend someone or take away someone's draft pick. Well, yeah, I, I, mean, I mean, agreed. First of all, you're right. It's kind of been a little bit of up and down and all over the place here, which is rare for the NFL because usually they, like, you know, dry, draw a concrete line and, like, or go, nope, you can't cross that. And if you do, you knew that line was there and that's it. Disagree. Well, okay. I mean, I, well, I feel like that way for players for mostly. I do. All Disagree. Right? Okay. Disagree. Well, Chris, you could disagree. one thing I've learned, yeah, let me, I don't right. want to spend a whole lot of time on this, but yeah. here's the comparison. When it comes to what they're going to do for players who commit egregious acts on the field, I know there have been times where they've stopped short of suspending a player who deserved to be suspended, either because they don't want it to be a big story or because they don't want to force an appeal that they lose because they're not sure they're going to win because the appeal process isn't run by the NFL. There have been times where they've exercised discretion and not suspended someone who should have been suspended for reasons other than whether or not the guy should have been suspended. Okay. So there is that that pendulum idea that, that and it's driven by PR ultimately that has applied as it relates to players. But go ahead. Well, okay. Well, we're still sitting here talking about the mass. So great pendulum theory. I mean, it's it's not working then again this week. All right. So you know, <laughs> well, they sent the memo. That's well, the thing. The okay. pendulum's well, over you here. You know what? The guys and then that next I, week they're going to shut up about the masks and the pendulum's going to be over well, there. I know. I'm just glad you've learned how to say pendulum. No, but I what I don't understand is like. Okay, wait, this is not that hard. You want the optics, right? We know my thought a little bit on this already. I mean, this is no safer environment like in the world right now than that. And I know that's not perfect because we've seen Tennessee and what's gone on there this week. I get it. Um, my thing is the coaches that were fined last week 
I didn't see their masks ever come down last week. You know, they never. I mean, Kyle Shanahan had that thing glued on his face last week. He wasn't going to lose <laughs> another hundred thousand dollars every time Sutures. I saw. Yeah, every time I saw Pete Carroll, it was all the way up there, like well, suction cup down there. So, you know, again, I thought too because there was an incident on Monday night. Remember John Harbaugh early in the game, he had a down. He was in the ref's face yelling and things like that, and I went, "Whoa, there goes a hundred. That was a hundred thousand dollar conversation right there. He's going to get fined for that." I was kind of shocked. And, yeah, I saw a number of guys on Sunday where it comes down for a period of time and you yell and you talk and then they put it back up. But if they're worried about the optics, the only way that that's going to stop is like what you're what you're saying is you're going to have to just hit them hard. You know, 100,000 was very hard. You know, you can't do that to the assistant coaches. If you want to do that to the head coach who's making millions and millions and millions, that's okay. I can live with that. But I think that, you know, in this case, money talks. And – Money will money will make masks go up in in this case if that's what the NFL is worried about. Here's the other reality too: the more the NFL pushes this issue, the more the NFL ventures into that minefield where the people out there who are convinced yeah. that masks don't work, right. who refuse to wear masks and think anyone who wears a mask is a sucker and a loser. Those are the people who are going to begin huffing and puffing about turning off the NFL. I'm not going to watch these games. We're going to boycott the NFL. They're trying to force masks onto everyone. Can you believe what they did to my favorite team? They took away their fifth-round draft pick because the coach pulled his mask down because they couldn't hear him, so they had to see his lips to supplement what they were hearing so they could understand the message. That's where that could go. And I think that's one of the reasons why you see this kind of awkward tightrope walk where that bar is swinging like this because they can't get a proper balance on how best to handle it. You mentioned Harbaugh. Here's Harbaugh talking about his failure to have his mask up at all times, specifically when he was chewing out an official during Monday night's game. We have been for all three games, you know, really good on the sideline. I mean, I don't think there's anybody better than us, uh, me or our staff, from the beginning of the game to the end of the game. So to think in a, you know, three-hour heated uh, competitive environment that, you know, especially when you're yelling, that your mask isn't going to fall down or whatever uh, for five or ten seconds. Uh, I think that'd be, uh, I think anybody couldn't be held to that standard that uh, would be a little hard for anybody to hold on to. So um, I, feel, I feel really good about the job I'm doing. I feel really good about the job our team is doing, and we'll continue to do our best. Last week was the first time that um, did it every single play, kept it on throughout the whole game. Um, it's not the most fun thing, um, as everyone realizes, but it's definitely worth it and something we need to do. Oh, it's worth it in many ways. It's worth it to the tune of $100,000 That's out of right. your pocket. That's which right. Shan- and look, Mike cost how, me some see drinks the, at the, some point. The mask... Life. The mask he's wearing, yeah. See how it's attached around his ear? Yeah, it can never that come down. That keeps it from. It's not right. coming down. Right. And and Chris John Harbaugh should take a page from his mentor's playbook. There he is, Andy Reid. Wear the welder's mask. Right. They can see your lips when you're yelling. Your your uh, headset can go right down underneath, and you can call your plays if you need to be able to let people see your mouth moving so they hear what you're saying, wear the welder mask. It's that simple. Yeah. It's compliant. Right. And it works. Yeah. It and, it. and again, they all need to see, they all need to be able to protect themselves from themselves in those moments. And the Shanahan loops around the ears. It's too hard to pull it down. So I'm not going to do it. But right. when you got that neck gator, it's too easy for it to fall down. Right. You know, oh, it fell down because my my hand supplemented the force of gravity and yanked it down. So, uh, look, and now now, the NFL is making it clear. Suspensions, draft picks on the table. Draft picks are what will get a team's attention. $250,000, in theory, should get their attention as well. But the draft picks, you know, each one is a potential Hall of Famer. Yeah. Don't touch our draft picks, right. even though they get squandered. Yeah, you know, it's 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 so funny how they view that. Yeah, you know, the draft picks are so much more valuable before they're used. After they're used, well, who knows what happens? But uh, maybe maybe we'll see this week, starting tonight. Yeah. With and don't just look at the head coaches, folks. Look at the uh, the shots at the sidelines, yeah, the assistants, and we'll see what kind of compliance we right. have, and we'll see whether or not that's going to lead to further discipline. Yeah. No, I I, I agree. I, I like I said, I saw that a number of times last week, and that's where I probably think the whole like finding the team draft pick things comes in because I don't think the NFL wants to take money away from the assistant coaches who are making good money, but you know not not 
NFL football player money all the time like that, you know, and, and that's that's where it's uh, a little tricky. But I would think most of the coaches, because of this memo and knowing how serious it is and that the NFL is continuing to look at this and really give no wiggle room, that that even a guy like Harbaugh who goes, it's not realistic, like this week, I bet you, you see that thing glued up on his face too because he's going to go, damn, I'm sick of asking, qu- answering questions about it and dealing with it. Let me just keep this damn thing up and, and not have to deal with it. The league has jurisdiction over the things that happen on game days. The teams have jurisdiction over the things that players and non-players may do while off duty. And we spent a lot of time talking about the negotiations between the league and the union that resulted in a list of things that players can't do when they're away from work. And that prompted the criticism of the incident that occurred on Monday night when a bunch of Raider players went to an event in an indoor setting where There were no masks in sight. It was stupid. The optics were poor. The decisions were poor. Everything about it was poor. Three weeks into the season with the quarterback of the team there, the one person in the locker room who should know better, the guy who's got an incentive to the tune of over $1.1 million a week in the event that games are canceled. Because remember, the agreement was the players get paid based on the games that are played. Carr is going to lose more money than anyone else on that team if the Raiders have an outbreak that keeps them from playing games. Here is John Gruden from yesterday with his thoughts on the unfortunate videos that you're watching now that emerged on Tuesday of players in a place where they shouldn't have been on Monday night. Let me say this, we've done a good job. We've done an excellent job. Last night, uh, it was addressed uh, with our players. They walked in with their masks on, there was an event. Sometimes you go to a restaurant, you take your mask off. Uh, They're aware of their mistake, but we've done an excellent job. Uh, using our masks and taking proper care of each other and everybody. I'm really proud of our players. And by the way, that was a great cause no one's talked about. He raised over $300,000 for a great, great cause. I appreciate our players being there in support of him. But you're right. uh, They may have let their dauber down a little bit by taking their mask off uh, during the event. But uh, it's been addressed, and um, that's the best I can tell you. All right. Three things, real quickly. Number one, taking the masks off was stupid in and of itself. Because number two, they shouldn't have even been there. That's the thing that your guy John Gruden didn't address. It violates local ordinances. There's too many people in a confined space. It doesn't matter if you have your mask on or not. You shouldn't have been there. And here's number three. Because this is the justification. We're going to hear it coming up from Derek Carr as well. That... Well, it was a great cause. Well, you know what, folks, in a pandemic, there are plenty of great causes that can't have fundraising events. You can't just say, well, we're going to ignore the rules of the pandemic because it's for a good cause. Good cause, bad cause. I mean, we're trying to keep businesses open. That's a good cause. We can't. The businesses have to be closed in certain jurisdictions because of the outbreak. So don't give me this false notion that, well, it was a great cause and let's not lose sight of that. Look, other charities have to find other ways to raise money in a pandemic. You don't just say, well, it's a good cause, so we're going to do something stupid that's going to potentially get people dead. Chris. Is it a great cause if somebody ends up leaving there with COVID-19 and causes somebody to die somewhere else in that exactly. state? Right? Is that $300,000 worth somebody's life? I don't know. I mean, life seems to be going for a very low price here in this country right now, so maybe it is. I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, that's where it's a little it, – listen, we, like we said from the start, And I've always said this, and you know this. Players don't give a damn about COVID-19. They're young. They're healthy. This is just more more of, you know, here's more evidence to show that. Now, they, they, as Raiders, I know they love their quarterback, Derek Carr. From everything I've ever heard from the start of training camp and things like that, like the offense is very close together. They're very supportive of each other. It sounds like they were there as almost a full unit at that thing. But, you know, again, like what you're saying – First off, it's state and local ordinance. It's a bad look for leadership in our country right now, just where we are. And then, of course, it's risky not just for, for the whole NFL. That's where it's just a little careless. I mean, that, that's really what it is. And it's an IQ test a little bit to go to a place like that and think, oh, I'll get away with this and nobody will ever find out. To me, that's where I just I can't believe that. And, and my, the, the other thing I just don't understand, too, because and I need you to explain this to me. So they can't find these like so you can find a coach one hundred thousand dollars for having a mask down on the sideline in one of the safest environments in our world right now. 
but they can't find players for going out to an event like that that's illegal and doing things like that right now? That's what's the what's the deal with that, Mike? The league can't. Yeah. The, the teams, teams can. can, but the team's not required to do it for players. The team is required to do it for non-players. Wow. The team's not required to do it for players. So when your star quarterback's there or the guy that you're paying like a star quarterback is there, what are you going to do? You're going to suspend him? No, you're going to hurt your own interest. See, I think these rules were all put in place to, to with the idea of the guys at the bottom of the roster in mind because they just assumed that the guys who were making the most money, who were in the most high-profile positions, wouldn't do something that stupid. And speaking of guys doing something stupid, and Chris, we've had a long first segment here, and we've got a long clip of Derek Carr. I'm going to give you the emperor privilege. Remember how they used to do like in Gladiator? Oh, right. I'm going to let you do the up or down. You give me the up or down on whether or not we listen to Derek Carr. Oh, Because I'm, in I'm inclined not to listen to the guy. You tell me. Well, I'm giving Are the, we gonna I listen want to the his... thumbs up. Yeah, I'm going All thumbs right. up. He lives, okay? He lives. All right. Yep. This is the only context in which you'll ever hear from Derek Carr on this program because he'll never come on. And by the way, he'll never be invited. Here's Derek Carr, two minutes. Damn. I feel like one, we've done a, a fantastic job around here. And I hate, I hate that a few moments without our masks on led to a story about our team and all this kind of stuff. And uh, especially after, you know, the fines that were, you know, brought on a few, a couple weeks ago. And so we felt terrible about that. We addressed it. We talked with coach and we talked with our trainers, um, you know, about about what what really went down and um, and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, we were there. I mean, shoot, guys, I I have to have, you know, dinners and dates with my wife at my house. You know, I haven't taken her out to eat all season, you know, uh, and that's a lot of kids running around my house. I think she's ready for a date. And so. We've been we've been doing our, our very best, and we had a few moments where we we slipped up, took the mask off, uh, so people could see our face and things like that. Um, we signed waivers, hand sanitizer like crazy, all this kind of stuff. We tried our best even at the event uh, with everything, and we weren't perfect, but we, we were trying our best. We, we weren't trying to be careless or reckless. Um, but at the same time, uh, Darren Waller had an event uh, for something that meant a lot to him. And they raised so much money that you won't even you won't even begin to imagine how much money they raised to to help other people that struggle with addiction to get them in the right places and things like that. My hope and my prayer is that a few moments of us messing up, a few minutes here where we were seen on camera, not in the private room, in the separate room for an hour, you know, and things like that. Uh, I hope I hope that we don't lose what was really going on there because Darren had a great a great idea. He had a great plan. He wants to help people. And I hope that we can just more so move the conversation that way. Again, we've addressed it in-house. We, we admit, you know, we, we should have kept the mask on even if, you know, we are, you know, coming and they're introducing us and things like that. Uh, but, at, but at the end of the day, I hope that the story is more about what Darren was able to accomplish and, uh, and all those kind of things. So. Okay, um, where are the videos and the photos of these guys with their masks on? Why, why is it this strange coincidence that the only thing that we saw – are there videos out there of Derek Carr with his mask on? They act like they just had this momentary lapse. What a coincidence that that's the only point where someone was filming them. I, and here's the thing. What do we talk about? When you got your mask on and you take it off for a little bit, you still see it. I don't see a mask on Derek no, Carr. Nobody anywhere. has a mask, mask on. Anybody in the crowd, there's nobody there that has a mask on. That's, you know, so, I, you know, it, again – it's just careless. It's just, you know, to me, that's where it is. It's careless. You're jeopardizing things for your team, the league, other people that work around the league, TV people, all of it. That's where it's just a little selfish to me. I know Derek Carr's a good person. I know that. I really do. I mean, I've been around him a few times. I'm not saying he's a comic book villain. I know. Just I'm just stupid. I'm, I'm, no, I'm just saying. I know. Exactly right. I, I, their heart's in the right place, but... You know, they, they let their heart lead them sometimes as football players who can be like, you know, myself included a big dumb animal at times. That's the way football players are. Oh, okay, friend, you got to do something. I'll be there to support you, friend. I play football with you. That's how we think sometimes. And this is one of those times where you can't go with your heart in that way. You got to use your brain a little bit more because of what's going down in the world. And, of course, now they're talking about it and having to deal with it. And, uh, you know, that, that's the issue. And let's end it on this point, because the best evidence that the brain wasn't properly functioning inside the cranium of Derek Carr is this. The idea that we signed waivers makes it OK. Well, the waiver isn't going to protect you from getting the virus. And if nothing else, that moment where you had to put pen to paper to sign away your legal rights, 
That was your last chance to realize, you know what? I probably shouldn't be here. This probably is something I shouldn't be doing. If I'm engaging in activities that require the person hosting the activity to force me to sign a waiver, this probably falls in the category of things that coach told us we shouldn't be doing if we want to play the full football season. And again, this guy's got over 1.1 million riding on each game that's played. They have an outbreak. They miss a game. They don't play 16 games. He doesn't get $1.1 million, folks. And I don't care about anything he said to justify it. It's stupid. It's selfish. And I thought that kind of behavior was going to be coming from the guys on the bottom of the roster who just got into the league, not the quarterback. And if you don't take action, what's the message, Chris, to the rest of the locker room? What's the message to the other 31 teams? I agree. There's no concept. Yeah, you, no, I know. We're going to let you have at least one mistake. So you got that going for you. We'll worry about the second mistake when it happens. Yeah. But we're going to look the other way on the first mistake. No, no, that's why I'm surprised. I'm, you know, I'm surprised about how this was laid out. You know, just what you explained to me earlier, that the team is really in charge here and the NFL has no, you know, uh, has no jurisdiction over this matter when it comes to that. That was, that was very surprising to me in this where, where we know it's about guys being self-disciplined. That's what it's all about this year, and that's part of like winning the championship is you're going to have to be self-disciplined on and off the field all year long if you want to be there at the end. And we're seeing some teams where, oh, 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 few cracks here and there. What's that mean? I don't know. We got a long season left, and it's we we just got done with three weeks, and we got one team that's got an outbreak and another team that already seems to have let their guard down and think life's fine, and we're going to go back to normal. As a, at Tuesday morning, it felt like it was all a non-issue, and we're going to sail right through all 17 weeks. Right. And in the 48 hours since then, it's like, well, you know what? This really is uh, a flip of the coin, maybe at best, as to whether or not there's going to be an interruption of the schedule. All right, quick break when we return. Some good injury news for some star players for a couple of NFC contenders. We'll look at that when PFT Live continues right after this. He's fine with Drew. Um, you know, it's early in the season. Everybody outside of this building has something to say, and quite honestly, I don't really give a damn. Uh, Drew's proven to be one of the best, if not the best quarterback, year in and year out, and you know I'm expecting the same thing this year, no matter what what's going on. Um, you know, when you, when you're losing, it's it's easy to to point and and point fingers and say this and say that, but you know we'll get back on track and everybody shut up. Alvin Kamara, Saints running back, addressing the criticism that has been percolating early this season of his 41-year-old quarterback, Drew Brees. They get some help potentially this weekend against the Lions. Michael Thomas, who suffered a high ankle sprain week one against the Buccaneers, returned to practice on Wednesday. Will that make a difference if Michael Thomas comes back? And assuming that he can move like he always has and he's not diminished in some way. Uh, it's definitely going to make a difference. There's no doubt. It's just a, it's another element that a defense has to worry about, right? to where it's just going to make other things easier within the offense. And then really the beauty of Michael Thomas and like the vision of what Sean Payton did, I think here in drafting him is he realized, Hey, Drew's not a big arm guy at that point of his career, not throwing balls down the field. Michael Thomas really fits the way Sean Payton wants to run the offense with Drew and Drew, as we saw in our, you know, spray chart early this week where he throws the football and things like that, he lives over the middle right around the hashes, 10 yards and in. And Michael Thomas is a junkyard dog there. He kicks butt all day long and just works linebackers and safeties and corners and is tough in zone coverages. So, yes, he will help out. The other thing, too, Mike, just to say it, because the guy was just on with Camara. I mean, to me, damn, they just paid him all this money. Start letting him tote the rock. Run the ball more. I mean, 12 and 13 carries and 8 carries and things like that. Damn, he's too good. He needs to touch the ball more. I mean, from what we've seen the last few weeks of him running between the tackles, I think both you and I sit there and go, holy crap, he looks like, you know, I mean, he's playing with just great intensity and vision and playmaking ability. I mean, they need to get him the ball more. Yeah, but that's the balance. You got to keep him healthy the way the Saints have always handled their running backs. It's been multiple. And he's being paid in part to be a receiver, even though it's mainly in the short passing game, because – that's where he does a lot of his damage, is, his 52-yard yeah. 
touchdown the other night was on a catch, not on a handoff. And you don't want to bang him into the tackles over and over again because that's when you run the risk of him getting injured. And if they don't have Alvin Kamara, they really are in trouble. The 49ers are going to get back one of their injured players who hasn't been available for the last two games. George Kittle suffered a knee injury on a hospital ball thrown by Jimmy Garoppolo week one. I mean, it was. He threw it high, and Kittle tried to catch it, and he got hit low, and he injured his knee. Missed two games. He's full go after missing those games. Could is this a week where I mean you don't have Jordan Reed but you have Ross Dwelly. Is this a week against the Eagles where you really don't need George Kittle or is it better to just throw him into the fray whenever he's ready to go because of what he brings from an intangible perspective I, to your team? I think there's a little bit of that. There's no doubt. And then the playmaking ability is too great for him and especially that team right now with like Debo Samuel who's just starting to get out there and move around and things like that. Raheem Mostert not there. Tevin Coleman not there. So some of their explosive playmakers are not, you know, available. And that's where they miss them. Now, last week, they got away with it. I mean, Shanahan was great in the drop-back passing game. Nick Mullins was good. And then he had a few good game plan design runs against the Giants defense that played the run pretty well. You know, and we saw Brandon Ayuk. I think the silver lining is they got to get some other guys some reps the last two weeks to say, Okay, here you go. So now when the other guy's back, you know, we're going to be something to really work with here because some of these young guys who wouldn't have maybe got reps or got the ball so much did. But Kittle is too big of a difference maker. And this this Eagles defense, as much as we talk about Carson Wentz and the crap he's done, the Eagles defense is playing pretty good this year. And this will be a challenge for this 49ers offense, and that's probably why he wants Kittle out there as well. And we won't have to worry about Jimmy Garoppolo throwing another ball off target to George Kittle and causing another injury because Garoppolo won't be playing. Nick Mullins is still the quarterback. The question was asked yesterday of Coach Kyle Shanahan, is there a scenario where Nick Mullins plays so well that when Jimmy Garoppolo is healthy, Nick Mullins continues to be the quarterback? Here's what Shanahan had to say. Does a scenario exist, uh, you know, whether Jimmy's out for – one or two more games in which Nick Mullins is so impressive that um, he could win the starting job? Um, no, that scenario doesn't exist, but I don't think past one game either. So that's, that's for you to do. But no, this is Jimmy's team. He's done a hell of a job for us. And when he's healthy, um, he'll be playing again for us. That puts it to rest, at, at least as to the question of whether yeah. or not it's still Garoppolo's job when he's healthy. When he's healthy, there's always a chance that someone's playing the 100% game. And if the other guy catches fire, like Colin Kaepernick in 2012 when Alex Smith had a concussion, and I'm going to go all the way back to Randy Moss's rookie year. Brad Johnson breaks a leg week two. Randall Cunningham comes in and he has this career rebirth. And Denny Green eventually says, Brad Johnson's a quarterback when he's 100%. He was just never 100% again. Right. Never. It should have been maybe 100% in the second half of the NFC Championship game. That's a different story altogether. But but that's the way you do it. Now, I don't suspect it's going to happen, Chris. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is better than Nick Mullins. Yeah. The question is, can Garoppolo do enough this year that he's still the guy in 2021? That was the big question based upon what we saw week one. And that's going to be the question when he's back playing against some of these NFC West, not NFC East teams. Yeah, no, it's a fair question. I, I, I mean, I'm I'm with you there. I think this is like kind of a another year of like evaluating Jimmy G and his growth. And can this be the year he solidifies himself as like, okay, you are the guy here. We're not going to even talk about it anymore. Even if Tom Brady calls in the offseason, we won't flirt with him or anything. You're the guy going for it. That's, what, that's where they are here. And Jimmy Garoppolo, like you said, is, is a better player than Nick Mullins. There's no doubt. Nick Mullins did a, a, a fine job last week. He did make some careless throws, too, that could have easily been intercepted that hit Giants players right in the chest. He can't deliver the ball as quickly. Garoppolo has a very quick release. He can flick it almost in very awkward positions. Nick Mullins is a more, a little more slow and deliberate with the way he does his things, and he's just not up to the caliber of player Garoppolo is, but certainly still a fine player. And you could see with Shanahan's offensive genius and even just a fine quarterback, as we saw when Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt and before he got there, they could put up points and numbers. It's just about could they win those games, and that's where Jimmy G has really helped them. He's been clutching some big moments to help them win games that they were not winning before he got there, and I know the Super Bowl didn't work out, but there was plenty of other games last year during the regular season where he came through for them. 
the injury issues to, to a certain extent have been exacerbated by playing on a surface about which the 49ers have concerns. Now, the NFL and the NFLPA say that the surface at MetLife Stadium is fine. We know that the players subjectively had concerns. And, Chris, when we brought this up last week, one of the points you made, all football fields in the NFL should be grass, not artificial, even though the current artificial turf system is much better than the green cement that your dad played on no all those years ago. Coincidentally or not, NFLPA President J.C. Treader issued a statement yesterday calling for all teams to switch to natural grass. There's no guarantee that artificial turf manufacturers will be able to create a product that provides as safe of a surface as natural grass. So we should not sit around hoping that happens. And again, the current artificial turf systems are better than they've ever been, yeah. but will they ever be as good as grass? And Chris, th th this dovetails with what we were saying last week, and I agree with you. You know, if they can make grass work in Green Bay, they can make grass work anywhere. And I, in a dome, I guess it's a challenge, but we, we see what the Cardinals have done, what the Raiders have done. You've right. got that tray that 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 moves outside yeah. where you can treat it in the open air. You can grow the grass. You can right. take care of the grass. And then you slide it in when it's time to play the games. That's what these stadiums need to have. And maybe that's something that all teams should aspire to do sooner rather than later. Protect your investment in your players by making the investment in a grass field. It's a huge loss for the NFL every year when they have to deal with playing injured players, guys that they have to sign who then get injured too. So that's where it doesn't make sense to me. It's all about the events that happen in the offseason so they, that these owners can get more money that way. That's really one of the big issues. But it should be grass everywhere. It's much safer. The, the, the numbers state that. 30% less injuries on grass fields. And the big thing is the knee and ankle injuries on these turf fields is like closer to 70% more as compared to the grass, especially the non-contact ones. So the, really the proof is in the pudding here already. I mean, the NFL just has to step up and find a way to have concerts in the offseason that don't ruin the grass. We got to have that technology somewhere. That's, that's all there is to it. I remember when I was a kid, we got access to a field with the old AstroTurf, to, and we went and played pickup football on it, and we all thought it was so cool until the next morning when none of us could get out of bed. Yeah, right. And I just without being injured. Yeah. The the wear and tear, the pounding and the pounding. Now again, it's a lot softer than it used to be, but uh, yeah, you can still tell the, the difference, though. Yeah, grass is the way to go, and uh, who knows whether or not that gets any traction, but it's something that should. All right, we're going to take a break. Which doesn't belong and why for this Thursday edition of PFT Live when we return right after this. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Rack your look for spring at Nordstrom Rack and save up to 60% on brands you love. Rag & Bone, Vince, Marc Jacobs, Adidas, Joes, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. Score new dresses, denim, sandals, designer bags, and sunglasses, plus updates for the family and home. Get your spring on for less, up to 60% less, today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Well, here's something new if you're interested in purchasing it. Josh's Jacks, a Josh Allen cereal, not licensed by the NFL or the Buffalo Bills. Wow. That's why... The logo's not on the helmet. It's like the old school football cards. I thought the logo somehow peeled off coincidentally in the games that they took the photos. Uh, yeah, uh, I, and, and I guess it's Jacks, J-A-Q-S, because they don't want to get sued by Applejacks. I don't know. I found a box on Amazon for $22.99. 
Uh, hurry, only three left in stock. Sorry, Josh, I ain't paying $22 for a box of cereal. How dare um, you? I don't, I don't know. I'm sorry. I know you would, I but would. I won't. All right. Which doesn't belong and why, other than that box of cereal in my kitchen cabinet? <laughs> Bills, Steelers, and Titans. Which doesn't belong and why? Well, um... I'm going to say the Titans. Well, for, for there's a lot of reasons. I mean, first off, that they, they have COVID-19. The other teams don't, okay? <laughs> just a, <Wow>. Yeah, right. <laughs> there's an obvious one, okay? But no, honestly, I think right now I have more questions about the Tennessee Titans as a football team. I know they have the potential to be good, but just right now, the way they've played through three, three weeks, it's been a little all over the place. You know, mistakes, missed field goals, pick sixes, penalties called back. You know, their defense is letting up so many big plays where the Bills and Steelers, even though it hasn't been perfect by those two teams, you know, I, I, don't, I, I guess I have less questions about the way they're playing and everything like that where you sit there in the Titans, I know they're 3-0, and but you could easily sit here and go, oh, they could be 1-2 and very easily too, if not 0-3. The Bills don't belong, and here's why. They've actually played a good team and beaten a good team. You know, the uh, Titans' opponents are a combined 1-8. and eight. The Steelers' opponents are a combined 0-9. Oh They're yeah. getting a pass on this. They haven't played anyone, and they really haven't won a convincing game yet. So the Bills stand out as the best of those three teams right good now. One, one. Packers, Bears, Seahawks, which doesn't belong in one. Well, I go back to the Bears here, too, just because of the – the, of course, the quarterback situation. And then compared to the Packers and Seahawks, again, I'm not quite sure what that Bears football team is yet, right? I mean, I, I know the defense has talent. The offense has been very spotty. It certainly did look better with Nick Foles and everything like that. But, yeah, they're 3-0. and It's not the best schedule in the world that they've played either. And, again, the Seahawks and Packers – I know how good they are. I know they're one of the best NFC teams, and they will be all the way into December. Yeah, I'm looking for a different way to differentiate the teams. Let me say Seahawks for the reasons we discussed yesterday. Because even with a dominant quarterback, their defense is putting them in these nail-biter games that you shouldn't be in with a quarterback who is dominating the way that Russell Wilson is dominating. They should be winning these games by double digits. It shouldn't come down to the last drive and whether or not the defense can make a stop. That's what's alarming about the Seahawks. Real quickly, Cardinals, Rams, 49ers, which doesn't belong and why? Well, I, I guess I'll go with the 49ers right now. I, I will, just because of the, the banged-up football team. They've gotten, got, they've gotten fortunate with their schedule here. Jets, Giants, even the Eagles. I think we'll find out a little bit more about them this week with a little tougher challenge in Philadelphia, although not that tough. I'm going to say Cardinals because unlike the Rams and 49ers, the Cardinals haven't been able to win that game they were supposed to win. They blew it against the Lions. Yeah. That takes them out of the mix. Another hour of PFT Live right after this. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba.